And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you today on a very busy day. As we open up the show on the flagship of the Raiders, based out of Las Vegas, Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. As you know, you can listen in Vegas locally or you can download the show and stream it live on the Raiders mobile app, which gives us the most unique opportunity in all the NFL. We have a global radio show for the Raiders that you can get by just downloading the Raiders mobile app and click on the radio in the upper right corner and you get the show, you get it on demand, you get everything you need right there, including my new podcast series, which I'm really excited about at Raiders.com, where we did a four-part podcast series with Tom Flores. He was the final guest. It's out there. It will live in Raider eternity. And you could download the four-part series on Tom Flores' career in the road to Canton. And now we're building the next part of that chapter with Charles Woodson. With already one in the can and more to come on that, uh, please download the Raiders podcast and check out what I'm doing, Once a Raider, Always a Raider, wherever you download your podcasts. As we're brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. I'll tell you about their new app that they have there, which is great for true rewards. Uh, head on out to PT's for lunch. A lot of people listen on the way to PT's for lunch. Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick's, the SG Bar, right by my home where I like to go. Great menu. Great opportunity to watch sports there. Spread out and have fun with your friends. What a week. What a week here due to the tragedy involving the victim who was killed by Henry Ruggs III in that tragic automobile accident that happened uh, in the middle of the night, early in the morning, and the Raiders now have to go play football in New Jersey against the New York Giants. Um, It's one of the worst tragedies in NFL history, and clearly it affects the Raiders and how the Raiders recover from that and how the Raiders are able to figure out how to play football and enjoy themselves and get out there and do what they do for a living. We'll see. You know, the analysis changes for me this week. It really does. I'm in total football mode now, trying to break down what's going to happen in this game over the next two shows and to talk about how the Raiders are able to put this tragedy behind the organization because of all the teammates who are friends with Henry and what happened and clearly uh, believe in the victim and want to help that family out going forward. Henry Ruggs is no longer a member of the Raiders family, but he's part of a brotherhood with those players that we don't understand in the media or if you've never played football at that level, we just don't understand it and what these players are going through. We'll get to some Derek Carr as I open up the show here, which this is – without a doubt, the most important moment in Derek Carr's life as a football player. He's a young father of four. He's the face of the franchise. But when it comes to this season, nothing will ever compare to what Derek's going through now. And I can say that, and I can pray that nothing happens to this organization or the quarterback with what he's dealing with, with the resignation of Gruden and what's happening with his friend who he loves in Henry Ruggs and having to move on from that. Uh, Carr, Carr has got to find a way to, with his faith, which he's a faith-based guy, he is, to take what's happened and Carr, you know, put, it, put it in the back and, and go out and play 
and then get back to his life as a father and a teammate and his faith and everything else. He has two different lives. One is a football player and one is a human being. And they intersect every day. They intersect. And again, that's why I would hope that everybody in the Raider Nation is behind Carr. You all have to have sympathy, not for Carr this week, but the family of the victim, which we all do. We all do. We're all on the same page. We're thinking about the victim here, this young woman, and I'm going to do whatever I can on the radio here on the flagship to help out that family if we can at any level. And we, we all need to do that. But from a football perspective here, as the Raiders got to play, we'll get into the Giants today and what I think they have to do to win the game. And I want to lead with that because it's important. And I'd like to take your phone calls on that. I, I need you to give me your perspective of the game plan and what concerns you in this game. It's an out-of-conference opponent. It's a road game. It's an early start against a team that you should have just watched play against Kansas City. And you should be familiar with the Giants after just seeing them play. Now, the problem for the Giants is that they got a little bit of a COVID issue within the organization, and they got a bunch of players who are hurt. They got a lot of players who are hurt. This is one of the few times, ladies and gentlemen, this year that you will see the Raiders go up against a team that is far more injured than them. Okay, so the Giants have more problems when it comes to what's happening here. The COVID list, where they play Saquon Barkley and Xavier McKinney on the reserve COVID list uh, earlier yesterday with some of the issues that they're dealing with, and the quarterback, Daniel Jones, the lack of weapons he has because they're just injured. So sympathy is not taken here for the big blue wrecking crew, but it's one of the rare times this year that I don't have to sit here and cover up the deficiencies of the Raider injuries as several players have not been available for the Raiders this year. Nicholas Morrow, starting linebacker, Richie Incognito, injured reserve, veteran uh, guard, and all of this where there's no more, oh, the Raiders are banged up, how's Josh doing, Waller didn't play the last game. You got no problems compared to the Giants. The Giants are more injured, they got a COVID issue going on, they are under duress within that organization. So don't let them up, put your cleat on their throat, and keep them down, and don't give them any opportunity to win the game. Now, the problem with the Raiders this year, because they're a 5-2 and two team, So let's do some glasses half full here. The team is one of the better teams in the AFC, at the top of the AFC. They're in a really good spot. The problem with the Raiders is they start slow for whatever reason. I don't know. I can't answer that question. It happened with Gruden. Uh, Coach Passaccia, they played a certain game in Denver. They started slow against Philadelphia. How does this team start faster, and how do they get out of the gate quickly So it isn't a typical Raider game where they're down early, they're down at the end of the first quarter, they need to put up 30 unanswered points, they need to make adjustments. How about an easy game? How about a game where it just flows early and they're able to win because the Giants are hurt, the Giants don't have the personnel that the Raiders have, but what happens is the Raiders can't play down to their competition. They have to play a great game coming off the tragedy of this week really tough to analyze I mean really difficult to analyze their mental mindset and how they're going to be able to do that I don't know what the Raiders mindset is going to be as the Raiders open up this game in the first quarter I'm just hoping that the Raiders open up the game in the first quarter and there's not an early pick there's not a fumble right they don't give up a big play over the top 
just get out of the gate and play well. Have a good opening drive. Take some clock. Have a six-minute drive and do it. So here's my analysis of the game against the Giants. First off, this has got to be an over-aggressive Waller game, period. Waller needs to be targeted aggressively early. You got to come out. You got to isolate Waller on comeback throws, out routes, whatever it is. The Giants need to believe early in this game that it's all about Waller. And if they want to double team Waller, I could care less. I'm sick of this. Waller's double teamed. Waller's covered. No more. No more. And, and don't pull this against the Giants. Okay? I don't care if Waller's double teamed. You let him work off a double move. You have a rub route. You put him in motion. You put him in motion. You line him up wide. You open up the game plan for Waller, and you get him 16, 15 targets. If you're able to do that, then it changes the philosophy of the Giants. They say, oh, blank. They're going to Waller. He's going to have a big game. And then it opens up Zay Jones. It opens up Renfro. It opens up Kenyon Drake in the screen game. You got me? Do you agree with me on this? Secondly, the Giants proved against Kansas City that they had the game plan to stop the great Andy Reid. What they did, because I went back and watched the game, is they went and they bracketed over the top Tyreek Hill. Let's stop. Tyreek Hill gives the Raiders fits. Tyreek Hill is, is, is a nemesis to the Raider organization the way LaDainian Tomlinson used to be a nemesis to the Raiders. So what do you do? What's going to happen is the Giants are going to play a two-deep zone and they lay off the receivers. The Giant, I talked to my dad about this today. My dad's a diehard Giant fan. He always says to me, he goes, I've never seen cornerbacks play deeper. They, they, give, they give everybody like 10 yards. So this could be a card dink and dunk game. Real quick release. Come to the line of scrimmage. Derek is the best behind Tom Brady because Drew Brees is out of looking at the defense. He's going to look to the left, look to the right, and say, oh, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, or Edwards, they're getting a 10-yard cushion. Change the play, get the ball out quickly, and then go up the, go up the numbers, try to get six or seven yards that way. So the Giants play this deep zone, and they're going to double-team Waller. I don't care. Get the ball to Waller and then throw underneath. Without Henry Ruggs ever again, the Raiders got to make a decision on Odell Beckham Jr., Deshaun Jackson, or Zay Jones, or if Edwards is going to run that deep route. But the Giants know that the Raiders lost their big speed guy on the edge. And then the running game. Finally, Finally, when are we going to get this running game going? Okay, I'm not asking Josh Jacobs to be Earl Campbell. I'm not asking Josh Jacobs to be Emmett Smith. What I'm asking Josh Jacobs to do when healthy is to get a bleep in 100 yards a game. Is that difficult? I don't think getting 100 yards a game, Eric Dickerson did it in his sleep. All these guys who are Hall of Famers were able to do it. Josh Jacobs wants to have a contract extension with this organization I need some 100-yard games. I need a buck 27 on the ground against an inferior team like the Giants that they're going to be playing soft on the back end. Josh Jacobs and the running game, depending if they want to do it with other running backs, they got to run the ball behind Colt Miller. Are you good with that analysis? Spent a lot of time with that this morning. Run the ball behind Colt Miller and run it hard. 
run it hard to the left, and go, and go. Foster Moreau, Colton Miller, you want Alec Ingold, run it down their throat. Okay? That's what I see in this game. And then finally, Daniel Jones. He's good. He's on a bad team, everybody. He's good. Derek Carr started off 0-10. If Daniel Jones started off like Derek Carr, 0-10 in New York, you, you, can, you couldn't do that in New York because of the size of that media market. Daniel Jones, over his career, has some of the best runs I've seen a quarterback of that size. I mean, when this guy gets outside the pocket and decides to run, he's got moves. He can juke you. He stays in bounds. He doesn't get out of bounds. This guy is an athlete. And he's got a big arm. He can make every throw. But he's prone to the interception. He is prone to the mistake. So when that happens, all of that coming together, as Chris in West Oakland always says, catch the ball on defense when it's thrown to you. Catch the ball on defense when it's thrown to you. Daniel Jones is going to throw a couple of balls that are going to hit guys right in the chest, and they got to catch the ball, and they got to turn it over. So that's my analysis on the Giants. Sean O'Hara, former Super Bowl champion with the Giants, will join us. We got him scheduled to come on. Vic Tafer, uh, the great Raider insider from The Athletic, he's scheduled to join us. And then Gary Lawless, my hockey guy. Jack Eichel. Oh, my God, Jack Eichel's a Vegas Golden Knight. Now he's going to come here injured and get a surgery, okay, which is fine. Just park him. Eichel has the ability to be a superstar. And we have to say goodbye to a couple of Golden Knights who are moved in the trade here. Is it desperate? I love this owner. I love what Bill Foley's doing. He came in with an inaugural expansion team, and he said, we're going to the Stanley Cup. They did their first season. Their first season. And then every year they go deep in the playoffs. And he's still not happy. This team is expected to win the Stanley Cup. They're all injured. Even the guy they traded for, the potential superstar, is injured. But they're trying to pack this team with stars. Petrangelo, Stone, all the players that they have. Jack Eichel? Oh, my God, he's a hell of a player. But he's had a kind of a Jekyll and Hyde career. Leadership, Buffalo. He's another guy. I mentioned Daniel Jones. Plays on a bad team. Jack Eichel from the Buffalo Sabres. They've been a train wreck in that organization. They almost ruined him. Now he has an opportunity to come to Vegas. This is a breaking news, massive topic. Our building, Lotus Broadcasting, we're proud partners with the Vegas Golden Knights. Also, and I talk a lot of nights, and you're going to hear it. So we have Gary Lawless coming up next hour. Excited about that. So the phone number, if you want to get through, i got to get your analysis on the Giants and how to win this game. Considering we've moved on, Henry Ruggs, this was not a football story. This was a tragedy. It was a tragedy. It's a non-football story. The Raiders have moved on from it as an organization. Next man up. We need, we need the offense to play at a high level, and we need the Raider Nation, you great fans, to talk about this game. This game would do wonders for this team. If they win this game, they go 6-2. and two. With Washington on the schedule, Cincinnati who lost to the Jets, Denver who traded Von Miller, you know where I'm going with this. But I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. I'm not going to count my kegs before they're tapped. You don't hear playoffs on this show. I've been with the team 23 years. First four years with the team, I thought we were going to the Super Bowl every year. Then there's been some droughts. We're not talking playoffs on this show. I, I can consider talking about it. If the Raiders beat the Giants and go to 6-2, and two, 
because then you only need four more wins to get to 10 with a lot of games left to make the playoffs. But it's got to start with the Giants. And unfortunately, because of the situation, the situation that they're in, um, I'm having a difficult time here wondering how this team bounces back after this tragedy. We don't know. As Coach Flores told us on Tuesday, there's no precedent for this. As Rich Passaccia said, there's no book on how to recover from this. So we'd be crazy. We'd all be crazy to go ahead and say, you know, Raiders win in a blowout. Raiders do this or that. We're just looking for some football analysis from you on how this team can find a way to win a game under a lot of adversity and then find a way to build another win to get to the playoffs. That's what I see. Uh, number 702-365-9200. Never wait for this show. I don't care what you do before me or after me. This show, get in here fast. Have an opinion. Sound off like you got a pair. Let's go back to yesterday and Derek Carr, who once again put in a tough spot. Face of the franchise, the quarterback, and the emotions he's going through. Here was part of his press conference yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, just for, for me personally, me my, in my own life, um, you know, I, I've experienced loss, and so I, I know that feeling. And so my heart first goes to the families that are involved, okay? Um, you know, when, there's things that happen in life for all of us that we don't have control over. And you wish you did. I have a thousand questions I wish I could ask, um, you know, but uh, I don't get those opportunities, you know. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand everything and why certain things happen. Um, and I, and I've, I just forever have relied on the foundation of who I am is my faith. And I'm going to stand on that when it's hard and I'm going to stand on it when it's easy. And, and that's just who I'm going to be when I can control something and when I can't. And so when it comes to this situation, you know, there's so many things out of our control, but then I do sit back and I think, you know, was there something did I, you know, did I not? Did I not let him know that he really could? I'd be there for him at 3 a.m. You know, that, you know, I, I'm, I want to be better. You know, um, I think I really look at everything in my life as a learning experience. Could I have been better? You know, to help or something. You know, I just, um, <laughs> I just wish, I, I just wish I, I could have done something. You know, I, I look at it that way. Could I have done anything to help? You know, even when it seems impossible, is there any little thing I could have done better? You know, and. Um, I know it's a crazy thing to even think or say, but I'm always looking at trying to be a better person. Wow, that's a powerful statement by Derek Carr. I mean, that is really powerful. I've talked for years about this as, as his faith is the leader in his life, and I think that's fantastic. It should be the leader in all of our lives, a faith-based guy who really cares about things outside of football. He talked more about that when he got the news the other day, the other morning, and how it affected him. That was emotional. Um, for you know, when I, even when I see things, it's weird when you have kids, how uh, how things can be a little bit more emotional than they used to be. Um, uh, that's for sure. Uh, now that I have four, you know, of my own, um, instantly my thoughts go to certain places and uh, and things like that, and um, it's hard. It's not easy. I can promise you that. Um, it is a is a tragic thing. Um, and again, I don't. I know as most of you probably even know more than me, you know. But I know as much as I've seen or heard. Um, I, but 
I, I really don't know the right thing to say to somebody. You know, I, I try my best to be there in support of someone or be there for anybody if I knew who to be there for and all those things. But, you know, my, my thoughts, I guess, selfishly went to my own kids and my own family. And, you know, how do I, you know, how do I teach them, you know, uh, you know, how do, how do I, how do I take this and turn it into a learning experience, you know, um, and, and things like that. Uh, because no one, including Henry, wanted this to happen. How would you characterize the men? So when you look at this and what's just happened here, you know, Troy Aikman, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, who I'll get to today, they've never had to have a press conference like this. And that doesn't include what happened. And this is, this is a tragedy. This is much more, much more important when it comes to the loss of life for Derek Carr, and then he had to also deal with the coach's resignation a couple of weeks ago. So all of this together is pretty heavy. It's a tough burden for any human being to carry, but I think Carr is built to do that. He was asked about the mental state of the team heading into this game. From a football aspect, I mean, we're ready to go. You know, we had a great practice. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with a lot of things this year, that's for sure. Um, a lot of guys – just what a crazy year. You know, I heard that a couple times, you know. Um, I heard, goodness gracious, you know, like, man, you know, just like, can we please, nothing else, you know, um, not for our own sake, but just for the sake of everyone else, you know, just for everyone involved, you know. Um, but from a football aspect, from a competitive aspect, we're, we're ready to play football. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we know where we're at um, from, that, from that standpoint, and we know what we have to do we know that this was a time of year where we hit a lull a couple times you know and we can't let, let that happen no matter what's going on man I, me and 9-1 me and yon say it to each other every every day nobody cares you know at the end of the day nobody cares what we're going through how your body feels nobody cares we gotta we gotta do our job and uh we we emphasize that to each other again today you know hey i got your back you got mine nobody cares man we gotta go and before practice, during practice, after practice, you know, we're, we're always just trying to push whoever's listening. That is it fair? No, um, because I want to have emotions about things. I want to think about things as a human being. You know, um, you know, football is secondary when something like this happens. You know, this is we're talking about lives and um, you know a lot of a lot of different lives and a lot of different situations. But for us, from a football aspect, our mindset is we are we're going to be ready to play. That's for sure. These are incredible sound bites. I mean, in the history of this organization, I mean, look at who's out front having to deal with these questions. The coach, Rich Passaccia, who I think is doing a fantastic job in a tough spot, and Derek Carr, the quarterback of this team. Everybody in the Raider Nation should be very proud of the way that they're handling this under adverse conditions, right? It's a family. Raider Nation's a family. The team, they're going through a very difficult time. That's why I said that the Raider Nation is united. They are united because everybody knows the tragedy and what's happened this year. How could, you, how could you not be behind this football team and put all of the Twitter accusation nonsense behind you during such a serious time in franchise history and call yourself a Raider fan, right? If you're a Raider fan, this is the biggest test in arguably the history of the organization. Vegas. 2021 and the events surrounding this organization you would think that every fan player executive would be at their best just be at your best because everybody needs to come together now that's the way i'm looking at the show i hope you're looking at it that way too 
All right, let's get going. Robert in Vegas, start us off on the flagship as we're giving away Stones tickets today. How are you, Robert? First of all, uh, great show. Great to hear your voice again, driving around town. It's been a while. Uh, this is an unbelievable scenario with the Raiders, obviously. And I'll tell you this right now. Everybody's aware of everything. I'm not going to rehash it all. JT, the one thing is, I'll tell you this right now, I'm very impressed with the head coach that is currently holding the position with the Raiders. I think he's a leader of men. And that comes from a guy who understands the game, as you well know. Uh, this guy here has kept this team together. And uh, we'll see how they perform on the field. But they're going to be ready to go, as Derek Carr just talked about. This Raider football team is very athletic. Obviously, you want more from the running game, et cetera. But, uh, man, uh, they've pieced it together, and they've put a lot of things together this year. What do I expect from them this weekend? I expect them to come out and play physical and fast the way the Raiders play. This New York Giants football team, you know, regardless of how they've uh, played as far as one loss, they're very resilient as well. I don't like that head coach they have there. I, I really don't think he's a head coach. I think the Raiders could put him away, but they have to strike quickly. They don't want this team to hang around and, you know, a, a mistake here, a mistake there late in the game, as w we understand. But I expect the Raiders to come out fast, and they need to put this team away early and get some quick strikes out of the passing game, JT. Great call. I agree. Hey, quick strikes out of the passing game. Thanks, Robert. He's a longtime friend and Raider fan. Uh, the, it's tough here. The Giants played sticky defense on the Kansas City Chiefs. I am one of many who do not believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are done. I think Kansas City has been an unbelievable historic offense. Historic offense. And they're going to fix it. They're going to have bad games and then bounce back. And Kansas City is going to have 400-yard passing games. It, stop. It's nonsense to think that Kansas City's dead. And the Giants stopped Kansas City. They stopped them flat out. Mahomes couldn't do anything against them. So the Giants come back to East Rutherford. They come back home. And now they're playing the Raiders. Their season's over. Their season's toast. They're done. So all they're doing is playing for pride. They got a young head coach that needs to win every game. They got a controversy with headsets, right? They got a controversy with headsets. They're a mess. They're an absolute train wreck dumpster fire. But they got players on that team who are playing for future contracts. They're trying to put their best talent on tape. And you're going to see them come out and play hard. They're going to play really hard. It's a proud organization. They have a combined eight NFL championships, four Super Bowls, victories, more than the Raiders, four NFL championships. They're a prideful organization. They're going to play hard. They're going to play really hard, and you got to expect that. Also, Gus Bradley and Greg Olson speaking today. We'll probably take one of them. Or I'd like to really hear what Greg Olson's saying more so than Gus Bradley, and I'm on the bus with Gus as you know, by Greg Olson and the game plan coming in. Sal in Vegas, you're on the flagship. Hello, Sal. Hey, JT. Good afternoon. I uh, just wanted to comment in, um, you know, uh, yesterday with all the news and the last couple of days, it's been a real gut punch, you know, to the Valley for a lot of us. Mm. And, uh, you know, after hearing the press conference, especially Carr, uh, it was very impressive and, and, and made me, you know, really bounce back as far as my attitude towards the whole thing and as far as, you know, feeling positive about the team's status going forward. Um, I played that, that press conference for uh, my family when I got home from work. 
Mm-hmm. And the response of my wife and, and my, my two older ones uh, was like, wow, that's our leader, you know. And I was very, you know, we sat there and we were like, man, we're so blessed to have this kind of uh, quarterback leading our team, you know. And I think with that attitude that he has and, and you know, with what he represents, I think we're going to be good. Uh, I'm proud to be a Raider, and I'm, I'm happy that Carr is here, and I hope that the Raiders keep him for – make him a Raider for his entire career. But I wanted to comment in on the game. I think that the, uh, the game is going to be a, a feast fest for our defensive line. I think we're going to be able to get in there and cause some panic uh, with that quarterback and help him make some bad decisions. And I think our running game is going to really be an opportunity for us to get some good runs and also open up the passing game. But like I said, I agree with you uh, – we got to be careful because, like, if you saw with KC, they can pick off that ball and they can they can play that deep ball. So we got to open up the lanes and we got to run the ball as much as we can. And I think once they start playing the run, I think Carr's going to tear them up. And I'm looking forward. And I wanted to yeah. continue. I heard that the, the Giants might not even have enough players or something going on over there with the COVID. Yeah, they're clearing uh, COVID. They're clearing COVID protocol as of today. Because it's contact tracing. Thanks for the call. It's not. It's not people failing COVID tests. It's contact tracing within the organization here. So we're going to see. I've got an update coming on this here in a little bit, and we'll get into it on that. Look, the Giants. The Giants are under a lot of duress, and so are the Raiders. And it's not a game that everybody's talking about around the league. When we come back, Aaron Rodgers. If you're a, if you're a Raider fan, you should be sickened by this Aaron Rodgers coverage considering the way the Raiders were treated during COVID protocol last year. I'll tell you about that. Wahoo's Fish Taco on Eastern. Golden Pipes, I'll tell you about the show that I'm attending. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and not made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. Um, there's guys who have been vaccinated that contracted COVID. Um, so... It's, it's an interesting issue that I think we're going to see played out the entire season. I'm not sure what they're going to do with, you know, the testing schedule. I know that talking to JC, the PA, had talked about testing every single day for everybody. Uh, the league, obviously, I think shot that down or, or didn't want to do that. I don't know if that was financially incentivized or, or whatnot. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens if we can uh, – you know, if the, if the protocols change at some point, um, it's obviously something that's, that's moving. It's, it's, uh... Well, that is Aaron Rodgers as he was caught lying. JT back with you, brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit. Tomorrow I will have my bucket of Modellos. I got my new Modelo umbrella. I got my new buckets for the backyard. Thanks to my buddy Steve Gomez and the team at Modelo. You know. I drink Modelo. I even drank Modelo in Oklahoma and tweeted out the picture. Modelo, a proud partner. So buckle up. I need to do what I do best. The absolute disrespect that the NFL has for the Raiders are at an all-time high on the flagship. 
Last year, John Gruden, when he was the head coach, was fined a significant amount of money as a vaccinated, vaccinated coach as he had COVID and his mask, his gator, his bandana fell below and he didn't put it back up and they whacked him hard. How do I know? Because I talked to him about it on and off the record. Okay, Darren Waller had an event for a charity where Darren Waller raised money for a charity in Henderson, and Raider players came, some without a mask on, and the organization was fine for that. Fact, not fiction. I can go on to the Tennessee Titans, the New Orleans Saints, and other teams that were fined for COVID protocol and not following the rules. Now we have the reigning MVP of the league, Aaron Rodgers, who this offseason was the topic of the NFL. He was very aloof. He's dating a new fiance who's in the movie industry and she's got into his head just like Danica Patrick got in his head Olivia Munn got in his head Aaron Rodgers is not a stable person off the football field he doesn't even talk to his family fact not fiction so Aaron Rodgers disappeared to Maui and Hawaii and he did a yoga cleanse he lost a lot of weight and he grew his hair out and then he came back and a lot of people thought that you know Aaron Rodgers is probably going to either quit because he doesn't want to play for the Packers. He could retire, or he could hold out. It was a huge topic. I loved it. It was a big topic in the summer when we're looking for content. Would Aaron Rodgers come back for Green Bay? And then, boom, he showed up. So he had that press conference in August where he said he was immunized when he was asked a specific question about a vaccine. What he did was he was prepared for that press conference, but differently than the way Derek Carr was prepared yesterday coming off a tragedy. Derek Carr had to prepare his thoughts. Aaron Rodgers prepared his thoughts on a different topic about being vaccinated. He knew going into that press conference that his original game plan was going to be to lie to the media. Flat out lie to the media because he wasn't vaccinated for COVID-19. According to the NFL Today, Dr. Alan Sills, the doctor for the NFL, 94.3% of NFL players are vaccinated. Think of that. Round of applause. 94% rounded up to 95. And we found out yesterday that Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaccinated. Okay, I got a lot to say on that topic. How come we didn't know? Now, for those who say it's a private matter, no, it's not. It's not a private matter at all. He's the MVP of the league. You have to be vaccinated to play in the league, or you have to follow strict, in quotation marks, strict COVID protocol if you're not vaccinated. And the Raiders had players that weren't vaccinated during camp, and then they got them vaccinated because the players kind of didn't want to follow the strict COVID. They don't want to have to be separated from their teammates, separated in meeting rooms. So you get the shot. You do it for the team. You do it because you're a leader in the community. It's the right thing to do, and everything's okay. An example is Kevin Durant with the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know why he's vaccinated. I think he's vaccinated because he wants to win a championship, so he got the shot. Kyrie Irving has decided not to get the shot, and he's hurting his team. So back to Aaron Rodgers. This is a really important question to Raider fans. What should the penalty phase be? For Aaron Rodgers, the MVP with the Green Bay Packers, and tie it into the Raiders. Because the Raiders got hammered financially, whacked with their penalty phase in COVID the first year because of mistakes that were made. The Raiders acknowledged those mistakes, fixed them inside the facility, outside the facility, paid the fine, 
and then they moved on. So what do you want to do with Aaron Rodgers? Now, the reason this is such a big topic today, ladies and gentlemen, is because the NFL is involved with gambling. All they care about now, every commercial is gambling. DraftKings, FanDuel, this, that, Caesars, MGM, every commercial, they go to commercial, it's gambling. Well, Aaron Rodgers, because he's not vaccinated, affect the moving line in the game. He affected the competitive outcome of a game that greatly affects the Raiders in the AFC West. Aaron Rodgers can't play the Kansas City Chiefs as the Kansas City Chiefs are playing poorly, and the Packers probably win that game, and now they most likely will not win the game because of Aaron Rodgers. So it becomes a competitive balance issue. It becomes a gambling issue as the NFL's in bed, gambling, and all of this comes together, and the media, the media is not covering this story just the way the media was afraid to cover the Washington football team investigation that took out John Gruden and had an effect on your Las Vegas Raiders. The only emails that were leaked were the John Gruden emails? Okay, Coach Gruden deserved to lose his job. He did. He's out. We've, we've covered that at length. But how come the Raiders were affected by the Washington football team investigation and no one else, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Saints, the Jets? I don't know because we can't see the emails. And it was a hit job. It was an absolute hit job on the Raiders. We all agree on that. But what about Aaron Rodgers? What are we going to do about this? Is he going to get preferential treatment Inside their organization, we know this to be a fact, as Mike Florio is reporting it from Pro Football Talk, that there is video evidence the entire season of him showing up to the press conferences inside, inside the facility in Green Bay and the press conferences post-game on the road without a mask on in direct violation of COVID protocol. He's been doing this for eight weeks, and he just got covid and before you bring me your insanity, politically triggered comments about, well, the vaccine doesn't work with everybody, we get that. We're talking about the NFL here. Let's keep it with sports. What do you Raider fans think need to happen now to Aaron Rodgers? You have to be the leaders in this topic. They, they went after your team. The Raiders, they made an example of the Raiders in COVID last year, and now the reigning MVP of the league is lying to the media about being immunized because the media failed you. And I'll fall into that category if you'd like to. How come Adam Schefter, Jay Glazer, how come Peter King, John Clayton, all friends of the show did not know and did not tell us that Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaccinated for COVID-19? I don't get it. How did we not know this? We We didn't know this because Aaron Rodgers knowingly bent the words did a play on words, and nobody in that press conference, the Green Bay Packers, beat writers, nowhere, no one gave a follow-up question and said, whoa, whoa, wait, excuse me, Aaron, I'd like to follow up, I'm raising my hand, are you vaccinated for COVID-19? Then this whole ruse would have been over. Aaron Rodgers would have had to look at the person and say, well, technically I'm not, me and my fiance were doing yoga in Maui, and we did this holistic thing, and we tried to get a waiver from it, and the NFL turned us down. Would you like to come father with me deeper into the rabbit hole? Come on, step in with me. Let's go deeper into the rabbit hole. Here we go. If the NFL was aware of Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated since the preseason going into week one, 
how come NFL media wasn't aware of this? From NFL Network to NFL media, NFL.com. Why weren't we aware of this when Carson Wentz wasn't vaccinated, Kirk Cousins wasn't vaccinated, and we were aware of that? How come we're aware that Kirk Cousins isn't vaccinated? Oh, maybe because Aaron Rodgers saw the heat that Kirk Cousins was getting in Minneapolis, and Aaron Rodgers said, hey, man, I don't want any of that heat. I don't want any of that on me. So, you know, I'm going to lie about it. And he technically didn't lie. It was a play on words that he got away with. Imagine this. Let me, let me take it down another level and tie it into the Raiders. Imagine if Derek Carr wasn't vaccinated and he came to a press conference at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and in the crowd is Vic Tafer, Vinny Bonsignor, Paul Gutierrez, Q here in our building, and someone asked Derek Carr, are you vaccinated? And he says, yeah, I'm immunized. And none of those beat riders follow up and go, well, wait a second, Derek. No, that's confusing. Are you vaccinated for COVID-19? If those guys and the gals in that, uh, in that media room didn't answer that, ask that question, you would have destroyed them on this radio show. You would have called in and said, what happened to the beat riders of the Raiders? They lose all credibility to me. And that's what's happening in Green Bay. So I'm on a bit of a rant here because it bothers me, again, as we can tie the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not vaccinated. He's getting preferential treatment from the Packers and the NFL, and now the penalty phase must begin. So what I believe should happen with Aaron Rodgers is I'm not big on the suspension. I don't think you suspend him because I didn't think he did anything cause for suspension, but I think you hammer at the Green Bay Packers. I'm calling on a million to a million point five fine on Aaron Rodgers for eight or nine weeks of not being vaccinated and not knowing about it to the point where, look, the issue becomes he broke rules with not being vaccinated with COVID protocol. Not because he's not vaccinated. I'm not saying, hey, he's not vaccinated. Fine him a million bucks. I didn't say that. I'm saying if he didn't wear the mask at the press conferences, if he didn't do what he was supposed to do, which is pretty evident, there's got to be a penalty phase here. Or then why did you penalize the Raiders as hard as you did last year, NFL? Why were you in that building? Why were you fining the Raider organization at the level that you did and you still haven't come up? You still haven't come up with a statement on Aaron Rodgers other than you're looking into this? It's not fair. The, 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 the reporting on this is flawed. This is another controversy with the NFL on top of the Washington football team uh, email leak that the NFL claims they didn't leak it. Well, who did? Let's get everybody up to Congress. Let's get everybody, get their asses up to Congress, have them sit down and tell the truth under oath. Okay, Washington football team investigation that you want to just put a, put a bow on it after the Raiders get hit with that. I want to know what Raider fans think of Aaron Rodgers. You should be hammering him into the ground today because of the way that the Raiders were treated by the NFL due to COVID protocol violations that they took care of compared to Green Bay, who didn't take care of it and let this MVP have special treatment. 702-365-9200. Big hour coming up next. Gary Lawless on the Golden Knights trade for Jack Eichel. Vic Tafer will join us, and my friend Howard Balzer, the Hall of Fame voter. We'll talk to him coming up next hour. 
We're rolling today. Brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. When I'm talking X's and O's, I have a Remy Martin sidecar in my hand. Remy Martin at the M Resort Spawn Casino. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot about Joe. You know, I know his, his trip to through Mississippi State and through Alabama and the coaches he's had a chance to be around. And then special teams coaches in the league, you know, we, we kind of have a, um, you know, maybe a special bond or certainly a, um, a connection because we go through the same the same obstacles. So uh, the only thing I'd, I'd say about Joe is um, he, he's, he's a tough guy and he, he comes from detailed coaches, which makes him an extremely detailed um, head football coach. You can see it on film. They do a lot of things in the kicking game. They're well coached on, on defense, and then certainly I know a lot about you know Jason um, being with him for five years. So uh, my relationship with Joe goes back a long time. We have a lot of the same um, mentors that we, we've been around before. And so uh, again, I appreciate all his kind words and whatever he said about me. If it was good, I, I just take them and rewrite them about him. If you could, that would help me. God, that's a great soundbite by Rich Passacci on Joe Judge. I agree. I think Joe Judge was hired for the right reasons. They're the Mara family and the Tisch family, the owner. The owners of the Giants wanted him to come from the Belichick tree. For those who say that you know, Belichick's coaches don't live up to the hype, no one can live up to Belichick. And, and whenever a coach leaves Belichick, it's usually typically to go to a bad team. right? A job opens, it's an opening because the team didn't make the playoffs, so you've got to start from scratch. Joe Judge, I think, is a good football coach, and he's a good leader. The problem is his team is decimated by injuries. Decimated by injuries. The GM's about to get fired, Dave Gettleman. Joe Judge didn't say, go get Daniel Jones. He inherited Daniel Jones. And Saquon Barkley was supposed to be the next great running back since Emmitt Smith in this league. He's been injured the last couple of years. So he's in a tough spot. But coming into this game, as we talked about with Lance Meadow yesterday, who joined us, and Lance is the pre- and post-game host for the Giants, that this headset issue is a big deal because Joe Judge was asked at the last press conference after they lost to the Chiefs, what's up with these timeouts you're using? He said the headsets don't work. What? In five different stadiums, they've had headset problems. So that becomes a bigger story in the New York, New Jersey area than the Raiders coming in. And as I was on a New York talk show yesterday, and they asked me, they were asking me again about Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs. I'm like, guys, it's over. Henry Ruggs doesn't play for the Raiders anymore. It's a tragedy. It has nothing, you know, the game's going to be about Derek Carr and Brian Edwards and Darren Waller. But, you know, a lot of people back there aren't talking about the Raiders in any in-depth analysis. They're still talking about Henry Ruggs and the issues surrounding the tragedy. So the coverage on this game is going to be very interesting and very different, especially the pregame shows on Sunday, which are going to be dominated by the Ruggs tragedy before they get into the games and an early game. Uh, we'll be broadcasting at M Resort Casino and Spa, Eric Allen and myself, 8 in the morning. We come on for the early start, and we have a stage set up in a great location outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Join us for breakfast on Sunday for Raiders at Giants.